0: We've been we've been going through a series where we're looking at the parables of Jesus. If parable is a new word to you, it's just story. Jesus was a master storyteller. He'd take he'd take a story and it was a real short story, but it has just packed with a big meaning, which is why we call the series dynamite. Cuz when Jesus would tell stories, it was like he'd take a little stick of dynamite and throw it into the room. Because it might look on the surface like it, you know, oh, yeah, that's just a nice story about whatever. Once you unpack it, especially in the cultural context, you go, holy cow, that has implications for me, for my life, for the world around me, for who God is. He's a master at telling these stories. So we're going to jump right in today and we're going to look at one of Jesus' shortest parables. How appropriate is it? Come on. We're going to talk about a guy who buys a field today. (laughs) You love it? We're going to talk about that. And Jesus did it in like two sentences. So here here is the parable. This is from Matthew 13, uh, verse 44. Here's what he says. The kingdom of heaven. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again. And sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Now, just because we can, I'm going to read it again because it's so short. Let's, let's check this out again. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Guys, if you've, if you've been around Jesus much... You you um, read anything this guy talks about, you know that one of the things he loves to talk about the most is the kingdom of heaven. And in fact, uh, come July, we're going to do a series in July called uh, These Are a Few of My Favorite Things. And uh, it's just we're going to go through some of the favorite things that Jesus loved to talk about. And so we're going to spend at least a couple weeks looking at this idea of the kingdom of heaven. And and so Jesus talks first. Hey, this is a parable about the kingdom of heaven i think one of the reasons why he loved to talk about the kingdom of heaven is he wants us to identify ourselves as a citizen of that kingdom hey i was born in boulder i'm you know an american and i love it and i love the place i live and i got to tell you that is less to me than who i am as a child of god in the kingdom of heaven god man jesus wants us to identify ourselves under his banner more than anything else. And so he talks a lot about identify yourself not with Rome, not as a citizen of Israel, identify yourself as a kingdom of he- in the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man, so here's our man, right? And this this guy's walking along, he's got his uh, little ranger hat on. And he is walking through a field And it's clear that he doesn't own the field. This guy's a trespasser, okay. He's going across some field that's not his. And he runs into something. He runs into a treasure. Now, we know because of how Jesus is laying this out, we know that the treasure he runs into is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when Jesus tells a story, we don't know what kind of treasure it is, right. Is it... um, did he run into gold? Did he run into some like precious jewels, like Chick-fil-A for a year? You know, like what, what did he run into? But he runs into some kind of treasure in this field that, that Jesus makes clear. He's running into the kingdom of heaven. But man, what's so interesting that I want you to notice first, right off the bat here about this parable, what does he say about the treasure? What is it? Is it laying out in the open where everybody can find it? no it's hidden why why would the kingdom of heaven why would this understanding about who God is and this relationship that we have with God why would what God is trying to do in the world be hidden has have you ever noticed that that's one of the things that baffles me the most sometimes about God why does he play hide and seek why is it that God like I can go through my life and I've got some like nasty stuff going on and I'm like God where are you or I'm at the crossroads of like two big decisions in my life and I'm trying to figure out which path do I go down God why don't you just like put a neon sign above the right way to go or maybe you've been walking through just like your whole life and you're like, God, do you? are you real? Why does God stay hidden? Why is the treasure hidden in the field? Uh, and it wasn't, you know, sometimes I think, gosh, if I could have just been around Jesus and I, you know, could have shook his hand and, it, certainly if I were one of the disciples that got to walk with him for three years and hear all his stories and be around him, certainly they did not think it was hidden. But even then, it, it doesn't hold up. It's not true. It remains hidden from us for some reason. Look at what happened. This is from Luke 18. Look what happens when Jesus is trying to explain what he's up to with his followers, his disciples. Luke 18, uh, This verse, starting in verse 31, says this. Taking the 12 disciples aside his followers, hey, guys, come, up, come over here. Jesus says to them, listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man, that's how Jesus used to talk about himself, right? Third person, Son of Man, that's me. Uh, all, the, all the predictions about uh, the Son of Man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans. This is very specific. He will be mocked, treated shamefully, And spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again. Guys, Jesus had these kinds of conversations with his close followers day after day. They saw his miracles, they got it, they were up close and personal. Now, did they understand what he was talking about? Look at the next verse. They didn't understand any of this. The significance of his words was hidden from them, hidden from them, and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. Guys, even for Jesus' closest followers, they're walking across a field and it's hidden from their view. Why does God do that? You just sometimes want to say, Stop it! Show yourself. And maybe you've walked through life, you know, through what feels like darkness, and you're like, man, oh God, are you there? One of the best illustrations of this, uh, anybody Chronicles of Narnia fan? I like the Chronicles of Narnia. So if, um, if you've read those before, seen, you know, I know there's a few movies, uh, maybe you've read The Horse and His Boy. Horse and His Boy, awesome. So I'm going to spoil it for you right now if you haven't. Uh, Horse and His Boy is about a kid who grows up, super kind of creepy deal. He grows up with who he thinks is his dad, but then he finds out, turns out this isn't his dad at all. This guy just somehow acquired him and is basically putting him into slave labor. Can you imagine? That's miserable. And he finds this out, man, I've been completely mistreated. The kid has the courage to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run away. I'm going to escape gets his horse and goes. Off they go. So off goes uh, the horse and his boy, and they're running because they know that they're going to be pursued. Now, this boy gets to a place, weird stuff happens to him. He's in danger one time when a lion chases him and takes a swipe at him. And it's only later that he finds out that uh, he was in much greater danger but didn't realize it, that this lion actually somehow saved his life. He's alone one night, terrified in this like graveyardy-type place, and he's terrified, on his own, and this little kitty cat comes up to him and just kind of, you know starts caring for him and like, "Ah, you know, starts petting this cat, and all of a sudden he feels, I'm not alone." But the best moment in the story, at least my mind, best, best moment in the story, is when he's walking along on this road in the dark. And as he goes along, he, start, and he, he knows he's being pursued still. He's got to hurry, doesn't know his way. He's walking along, and he starts to hear this breathing sound from somewhere next to him. It's, you know, like if they make a movie, they're going to ask me to do the little voice <laughs> of the guy. So, so he's walking along, he's hearing this breathing sound. And so if you hear a creepy breathing sound in the woods next to you, what are you going to do? You're going to go as far as you can this way. Away from it, and so that's what he does. He walks along and along, and finally, after what seems like forever, he's walking and he finally goes, "I can't stand it anymore." He turns to this breathe this breath in the darkness and says, "Who are you? man, and just the brilliance of C. s. Lewis right here. The next words are so great it says. I'm someone who has waited a long time for you to talk to me. And then they start this conversation. And of course, guess what? In the end, it ends up being Aslan, who has walked alongside him the whole time as the lion who chases him, as the kitty cat who comes up to him, as the lion who is breathing on the side of him. Why? Because there's actually a cliff that if he had gone that way, he would have fallen off and died. And yet, he kept him on the right road by breathing next to him the whole time. And so he kept his distance from the side. Let me ask you a question. Is this you? Have you walked along, man, your whole life maybe wondering, God, are you real? Are you there? Are you I, I, You feeling whispers of him? Coincidences. Things where you go, man, I'm sure glad I ended up here instead of there things that have walked alongside you and and sustained you in times that were hard. And maybe you've never quite put your finger on it that that, the Lord, that Jesus is walking alongside you. Guys, would you stop with whatever circumstance you're in and turn to that voice and do the same thing? Have that incredible courage of that boy to say, "Who, who, who are you? I can almost guarantee you're going to get the same response back. Ah, Man, somebody's been waiting a long time for you to talk to me. You know, it's hidden in the field. But somehow this guy in the story took the time to look. He slowed down, and he found this beautiful thing, kingdom of God. I think the first thing Jesus is saying here is find find what's hidden find what's hidden there's so much more though man we could all thank god jesus doesn't end his stories there because the next part the other the other point i think of this parable whew, so key all right, let's let's look back again at the at the verse 44. Thanks for having that up for me guys. Kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in the field, so found it in his excitement. He hid it again and sold everything he owned, everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Now this character does something I think extremely interesting. So When you go into a store and there's something that you see there that you like, like, what are you going to do? If you want to get and acquire something, you are hoping that you can get it and pay the least amount possible. If I go into a store and see something that I like, I'm not buying the whole store. I'm buying what I want. Interesting part about the story is this guy doesn't approach the owner of the field and say, hey, uh, can we talk about a subdivision agreement? What if we, uh, you know, I'm interested in buying a few square yards of your property over here. Maybe just a few cubic feet. Can we splinter that off and I'll, I'll buy that for you? No, that's not what he does. He says, the, the, the parable is, he buys the whole field. He includes it all. Guys, the word Jesus uses here for field This is where we lose it when we go from Greek into English. The word Jesus uses is the word agro, which, you know, obviously we get a lot of our words from that. But whenever it's used in the scripture, agro often means the whole earth, the whole thing. Guys, I think part of the point that Jesus is trying to make here, this hidden treasure is in the agro. And our job as someone who, man, humbly maybe can discover what's hidden is not to then keep it to ourselves. He's making the point of we find what's hidden and we absolutely then share it. We're incredibly generous with it. We buy the whole field. We don't just buy off the little piece that we want for ourselves. Man, I'll tell you what, when you buy a whole field, I'm learning some things about buying a whole field. You don't just get what you want out of the whole field. You get the trash pile that they left behind. You're going to get the rodent infestation. I hate dandelions. You're going to get dandelions. It's going to come with a whole lot attached to it. But this guy of the parable is willing To give it all, to buy that whole field, and I think that's a call of Jesus to say, find the treasure and share it widely. Guys, we live, do you know this? We live in the Boulder area, which is the second least religious city in America. You heard that? Google it. I'm not making this stuff up. Actually, no one here is shocked when I say that. Burlington, Vermont is number one. We lost by half a point to Burlington, Vermont. We live in a place where the kingdom of God is hidden. So many people, so many people that we live with, that we go to school with, that we work with, have an understanding that says we think that what the kingdom of God really is is a system of morality where I have to prove myself day after day somehow by being good so that maybe God would someday accept me. And guess what? Because that's the view of the gospel, which that doesn't sound like good news at all to me, because that's the view of so many people, they reject it. Man, the good news is that's not the story. (laughs) The story is that God loves us so much that he went ahead of us. And just like a great dad, you don't have to earn your way to God. No. We try to do great things in the world because we are sons and daughters of God and we realize how much he loves us and we want to put that into motion. That is so different than trying to earn his love. Guys, we've been given a field, a big field here, that is worth spending every ounce of effort that we have to reach out to this community and care for it. Now, I was thinking about uh, this week when we went under contract, I just started, it brought back such a flood of memories to four years ago when, you know, because it, it's scary. Bill and I, four years ago, were, you know, working in other churches, Things were going pretty well in those places. We had nice paychecks. We it was very stable. And yet, the terrifying thing is, God calls us out of that so often. And for us, we felt like God was calling us. We were in California at the time. We're from Colorado, but we were in California at the time, and we felt God kind of leading us back here. I got to tell you guys, that was not easy for us. You know, we uh, we lived in Menlo Park, California. First of all, I promise you it's not snowing in Menlo Park on May 19th. Um, it's just not. There's it's like really idyllic. Uh, we had this little house that the church had bought and was letting us live in it. This neat little house with a uh had totally been redone on the inside. A little walk down the block to a school where uh it had to be one of the most well-funded school districts anywhere. You know, very ideal for our kids. We had a swimming pool in our backyard, for goodness sakes. There was so much that was so wonderful about that place, and yet we felt this call to move and to come here. Why? Because we feel like this place so desperately needed what we were praying Ascent would bring to it. I got to tell you, the guy in the story sells all he has and, and buys the field. And there, you get the sense in the story that there's no sense of regret or, you know, any second thoughts. For us, that wasn't our story. I mean, I, so our salary went way down. We had to uproot our kids. We had to come out here. Everything about it was, it was very challenging. And there have been many days where we went, man, what are, what are we doing? Like, was this the right thing? Just being honest, (laughs) it's a hard thing. But I'll tell you what, I heard a story a couple weeks ago. (sighs) This is a scent. This is what God is calling us to do. I heard a story a couple weeks ago. There is a person who is uh, on city council. And uh, this person was uh, out with somebody who uh, is connected to our church. City council person did not know that this person was connected with the church, and somehow a scent came up. They started talking, and the city council person said, not knowing that this would ever get back to us, or you know, said to this person, You know what? I really like that church. You know why? It's because they don't just sit in there and tell everybody else what to do, they actually get out and do it. That's you guys. That's you guys. That is why we do what we do. Man, because there is a <laughs> there is a hidden treasure that's worth giving everything you've got for. And Jesus is calling us to share it. So I don't know what that means for you and your work, your school, your home, neighborhood. Man, don't don't keep it to yourself. How might God, through generosity, through as much non-arrogance, through humility and care and genuine love, share that hidden treasure in the field? And I'll tell you what, if, if you've been here last three years and you've been on this train since it's got started, you know that God's done some amazing things. I'm just telling you right now, next three years, buckle up it's gonna get awesome. I think God's gonna do some stuff here that is gonna blow our minds. Lord, thank you. We trust you, we love you, we know that you're real, and we, um, we want badly to share this hidden treasure. Lord, there is nothing special about us. We are as broken and humble a people as you're gonna come across. And yet, God, for some reason, you have decided to walk alongside the people of this church, and you have blessed the ministry that these people are doing in the community. God, bless conversations with neighbors, friends, with the co-workers we have, the people we run into at the gas station, checker at the supermarket. We pray that we would win the right to be heard by our generosity and our love. Help us take this hidden treasure and share it. God, we love you, and that's why we're here in Christ's name. Amen.